This message was recorded live at the Ark Church in Conroe, Texas. We're talking about guided by God. Our text scripture is Proverbs, the third chapter. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your paths. Heavenly Father, we're grateful for this time. We appreciate the fact that we can come. I thank you for every individual who made the effort to come tonight in cold weather. Father, I thank you that in all labor there is profit. For those who are taking time to watch at home or watch on their phones, Father, thank you that they're devoting time to you. And devoted time to you is never wasted time. It's valuable time. We're appreciative of the time that we have. Father, we're grateful that we get to have church, and we're grateful that we get to meet, and we're grateful that we get to meet inside. And Lord, we thank you. Father, I pray for those in Louisiana tonight who are dealing with one more hurricane, and I ask that you would give help and peace and that this storm would die down. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We talked last week, and I'm, I'm not going to recap but just for a moment, we talked about the heart. Well, actually, we didn't get to the heart. We talked about the man is made up of three parts, the body, soul, and spirit. Actually, the, the correct way is spirit, soul, and body. The body is easiest to identify. Some of the New Testament writers referred to the body as a tent or tabernacle. The basic the bottom line is it's a temporary dwelling. So in other words, we're not going to stay in this body. In fact, one day we'll get a new one. And uh, yeah, it's, it, it's one that never gets old, fat, wrinkled, tired. It's good. It is an upgraded version. And uh, look forward to that. But you have to be dead to get that, so let's hold on. Um, <laughs> the other one is our soul, which is our mind, our emotions. And we, and we talked about the fact that, you know, your body, you really have to keep it. You have to, you have to discipline it. Paul said, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. So you have to discipline your body and, and your, your mind you have to renew. You have to begin to think differently. You know what I want to share tonight? Different way of thinking. When I talk about praying for those that despitefully use you, now, that's not my idea, that's Jesus' idea, but it's different. And it's a renewal of the mind. And so what happens is you don't renew your mind overnight, but over time it's a process and you begin to line our, we begin to line our thoughts up with his thoughts. And we also find that his word is given to us to help us renew our mind and the Holy Spirit is also a huge help in helping us renew our mind. He can, he's a teacher. He's a, he can lead us and guide us. And he can, he can guide you into truth that will help you. Last week, we ended up, we talked about the fact that oftentimes it's our soulish, mental realm, emotional realm, that is often wounded and, and can become brokenhearted. That term brokenhearted, well, that's obviously in, in our mental, emotional realm. But God's word can heal. The Bible said, receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save, restore your souls. He was, he was talking to the church. He was talking to people who were already saved. But he said, you know what? God's word can have a healing effect. Now, this, this is something that I, I would encourage, especially when you're dealing with mental, mental challenges. You realize that if you just continue to, to feed on God's word and, and to, to think about it and to put it into your life and to begin to practice it, it, it will help you mentally Make If you've been unstable, you can go stable. If you have been just, just way, way, way too fragile, you can be strengthened. And so maybe you've lived in depression for a long time. Maybe depression's kind of like run in the family. And so I always encourage people, listen, people say, just because it's run in your family doesn't mean it has to run in you. And at some point in time, you have to go, you know what? I, I may have had that, but 
I, I'm not going to have that anymore. I'm not going to live depressed. I, I grew up with a family that could be very, very moody. And so, you know, if, in fact, if someone said, well, what's wrong with mom? Well, she's in a bad mood. Well, bad mood gave you pretty much permission to do anything you want to do. You just so mama's in a bad mood, we just avoid mom. Dad's in a bad mood, it's oh, that's bad. So you can understand you grow up in that environment. You just think being in a bad mood's normal. What's wrong with Alan? He's in a bad mood. Okay. Like we're supposed to understand that. Oh, you're in a bad mood. Okay, well, that's cool. That means everything you do is okay because you're in a bad mood. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about you, I'm talking about me. I, I, I don't. I do no biblical counseling here, so I have no, no one's story here. But if the Holy Spirit snaps your picture and shows you a picture of yourself, it is not my fault. But what can happen is, at some point in time, you have to determine, you know what, I'm tired of living in bad moods. I'm not going to live moody anymore. And the, and the good news is I don't. Grew up that way, don't have to stay that way. But you know, addiction runs in my family, Alan. Uh, doesn't have to run in you. Listen, when you, when, you, when you became a believer, when you made Jesus your Lord, you know, you became part of a brand new family. And in that brand new family, addiction does not run. Ad addiction is defeated. So is depression. So is fear. So is despair. So is sickness. So is disease. Poverty. All that junk that's in the earth got defeated when you made Jesus your Lord. And so, but here's the deal. You say, well, if it's defeated, then why am I still dealing with it? Well, this is where we have to renew our minds. Just because it's defeated, you're going to have to put up a resistance against it. And so in our soulish realm, we're constant. That's what you're doing in here tonight. That's what you're doing watching online. You're, you're getting input that can help you and input that can make a difference in your life. And so, listen, if you don't think, you don't think thoughts can make a difference, then you're kidding yourself. And we said last week, you know, Tony Robbins. Would charge you a lot of money. I'm free. So. Our spirit is the part of us that's eternal and is born again. John, the third chapter, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, he said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is spirit. So we are a spirit being. We have a soul. We live in a body. The soul and the spirit are very much connected. And so it, it's, uh, and oftentimes in the Bible, you really have to discern what it's talking about. Use the term heart or use soul or use spirit. And you really have to determine what it's talking about. But our spirit is what's born again. You hear us say all the time, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. And so the spirit is, is made new. Our spirit... Our heart can be either stronger or weaker. Proverbs 18, 14. That the spirit of man will sustain him in sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? When you're strong spiritually, your ability to handle difficulty and adversity is enhanced. So the stronger you get spirit. Now, some of you, you've had this happen to you, you don't even recognize it. You've gotten stronger. I mean, and you, you've gotten stronger to the point that you went through something difficult and you thought to yourself, Wow, I handled that better than I would have handled it five years ago. Have you ever, ever said that? And go, whoa, I just, I just kind of came. Well, before you start feeling all good about yourself, which is, <laughs> one, you need to thank God that he has helped you through that and his grace has been there. But two, you've gotten stronger spiritually. 
And as, as you get stronger spiritually, your ability to handle difficult things gets better and better. And so, whoa, what, what an advantage. And here's the great news, guys. It doesn't have to stop when you reach a certain age. You know, you don't have to go, well, you know what, now that, now that I, in my 40s, you know what you say, you start to go downhill. That's, no, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not believing for downhill. You believe what you want to. But, you know, I, I tell people, I'm a young 61. Young 61. I'm not talking old. I'm not believing for old. I say, well, you're getting old. Bless you. Yeah, yeah, bless your heart. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, but you can, you can. You can at least put the brakes on it by not talking old all the time. And talking, I can't all the time. Or talking, no, you're 40, you know, you're 40 as your memory goes. Or you can say, thank God I have the mind of Christ. So, yeah, it's a, it, it's a different way of dealing. So, I can, you know, I can tell tonight that y'all are, y'all are helping me. Well, we could get off on a lot of different pig trails tonight. So I, which is good. Our spirit is where, now here's, here's where I want to go to. Our spirit is where we receive guidance from God in our spirit. Now, in Proverbs, the 20th chapter, verse 27, says, The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the inner depths of his heart. Now, this is a, this is a topic I'm going I'm to constantly refer to, but here's what I'm saying. In, in our spirit, the spiritual part of us, it is where the Lord enlightens us. He enlightens us. That's, that's where not our feelings, not necessarily our uh, reasonings, not all circumstances. Sometimes people say, well, I'll, you know, if God's moving in my life, then all the circumstances are going to line up perfectly. And so you want, you want to learn that sometimes circumstances can be anything but perfect, but the Lord's leading you that way. And as you go that way, it, it turns and it works out. You know, circumstantially, Conroe was not the place to start a church 24 years ago because it was just kind of a, it wasn't, it wasn't really growing that much. It was just there. And so, you know, demographically, you don't think, well, I, you know, that's, why would God call me to Conroe? I mean, not, not Conroe, but yet that's where he called us to. And it, it's a, you know, and the city has come this way. It's been a growing area. It's been a wonderful place to be. Love it here. But if, I, if I'm just completely with reasonings or circumstances, I may not have come here. And so it's the Lord's leadings. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that, but it's in our spirit. I'll, I'll tell it to you this way. Have you ever had a hunch that you, that you, you just knew something and, when, and, when you, and you did the opposite and it blew up on you and you said, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Everyone ever, ever said that? You said, you, you just, you, just, you, you, you had a knowing. That hunch, what the world calls a hunch, it is an enlightenment in your spirit. And the stronger you get spiritually, the, the more you can get led that, you know, enlightened that way. The Bible said those who are led by the spirit of God, they're sons of God. And so, but it's in our spirit. So I, I want to talk about that part because the next part is trust in the Lord with all your heart, spirit. Lean not on your own understandings. Let's talk a little bit about that. Leaning not on understanding. Well, some people think, well, that means we can't think. Oh. The word lean means to rely on. 
rely on your own discernment or your own comprehension. Say, so, well, Alan, you're saying I couldn't use my brain, I can't think, I can't, I can't do any of that? No, that's not, exa- that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is that's not the only thing I rely on. Use your brain, use your, use your reasoning. Think about things, research things, but don't let that be the last word. Don't let that be what you rely on. We trust in the Lord with all our heart. And sometimes in following the Lord, what you're, what you're seeing requires you to trust because it doesn't look, it doesn't look like it appeals to the, the senses or the reasoning or circumstances. I'm going to give you an, a, an example, classic example out of the Bible. Israel was in the middle of a, of a three-and-a-half-year three famine. There was drought. Prophet Elijah was uh, by a brook. The brook dried up. And in 1 Kings, the 17th chapter, I'm going to read, read just a few scriptures here. Stay with me because I want you to catch this story. Then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you, provide food. So he arose and went to Zarephath, and when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your, in your hand. I've always loved that passage because I think that is such a guy. And you can get me something to drink. And while you're up, could you, could you get me a sandwich? <laughs> so she said, As the Lord your God lives, I don't, I, don't, I don't have bread. Only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar... And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Go and do as you've said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up, nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah. And she and her household ate for many days, and the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now let me just kind of jump into this. This is a classic biblical example of leaning, trusting in the Lord, and not leaning on your own understanding. Now here, let's, let's just talk about this. One, Elijah was being sent to a foreign country. He was, he was Jewish. Where he was sent to was, not, was, was outside the, the, the territory of Israel. So you're thinking, right then you're thinking, Lord, why would you send me outside Israel? And then he sent him to a widow. Well, the widows were typically the most under-resourced segment of the population. That's still very true today, is that you, you see single moms are, are probably, in, in terms of dealing with uh, under-resourced, that often can be the most under-resourced group. So the Lord's sending Elijah. So I, I, I'm sending you outside the country, Elijah, and I'm sending you to a widow who's going to take care of you. Well, you know, can you start understanding your reasoning? In your reasoning, you begin to think, well, you know, surely the Lord wouldn't send me outside of Israel. And I know he wouldn't send me to a widow. He'd send me to a rich person. Take care of me. Not a widow. Widows don't have anything. But he follows the Lord. When he shows up in the the town, the widow's out there gathering sticks. That that could not have inspired confidence in him. Because now he's looking up and going, she's not a rich widow, because if she was rich, a servant would be gathering sticks. But now he's watching her gather sticks. So I'm sure he's thinking, well, if he's in his reasoning, <laughs> he's thinking, what? We're all going to starve. 
And then, so he asked, he asked her to go get him something. He said, uh, would you bring me some food? She said, well, you know, we're running out. He said, I- I'm preparing my last meal. Me and my son, we're going to die. We're going to eat this food. We're going to die, which is not a very positive attitude. But I- I'm sure Elijah, again, if you're reasoning, you're thinking, Lord missed it or I missed it. And, and then what he asked her, and gives her a word of the Lord. What he asked her is just like, are you kidding me? He said, okay, that's okay, sweetheart. Would you just make me something first and bring it to me? But I love the fact that he attached a promise with it. If you do that, then there's that, that, bend, of, that bend is not going to run out. That oil is not going to run dry. Sounds a little bit like give, and it will be given to you. So he, he asked her, would you do that for me first? Now, what, what do you think she's thinking? <laughs> what? Well, evidently, evidently the Lord had already been talking to her. He said, I've commanded a widow there to feed you. So he, he, he might, and she, she acknowledged that he was Jewish, and she acknowledged the Lord your God. She said, but as the Lord your God lives. But can you imagine the thoughts running through her head? I've got a little boy back at home, and he's hungry and this is our last meal, and this pastor shows up and wants the first. You know, if you're not careful, you could think, well, you can get all in your reasonings and go, well, I tell you what, I'm, I'm going to make a little something for my, my, little, my little fella, and then I'll take something to him. That's not what she did. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. And so she did exactly what he asked her to do. And and received a miracle. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. Our understanding, our our comprehension, is constantly in a sense of changing, and we're constantly changing it. So let me give you three things that that we have to get outside of our understanding in. If you've never heard these before, you you, you might hear them go, huh? If you've heard them before, it's good. We, We need to hear them again. Three areas. First one, areas to trust and not lean on our our own feelings or reasonings. First one is the importance of our words. The importance of our words. Proverbs, the 18th chapter, verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Have you ever heard people say this? I've said this. Ever heard? Just say it. I'm just saying Oh, it's, it's just words. Words can't hurt. And yet, the Bible said death and life are in the power of the tongue. Well, if, if you think, if you go into your reasoning, you're like, well, I don't understand how death and life could be in the power of the tongue because it's just words and words. No, no this, this is where we have to go, you know what? I'm not, I'm not going to lean on that. I'm going to lean on the fact that my words are, are, are valuable and my words are important and my, I can speak death or life to a situation. Did you hear me say I'm, I'm a young 61? You know why I say I'm a young 61? Because I don't want to say I'm getting old. Man, I'm getting old. Man, I feel so old, look so old, getting old. Dear Lord, I'm getting old. Dear God, I'm old. What, what's that doing? That's speaking death over my over my. Now, you say, well, 
We think you're getting old. Yeah, it's my words that count more than your words. And so I, I just choose to speak life to that area. Here's a great question. If your words were seeds and you planted them, what kind of harvest would you get? If, if they just, if like your words, everything you said tomorrow sprung up, <laughs> you'd be real conscious of what you said. You wouldn't walk out and go, oh dear God, this car is never going to make it. <laughs> and your car dies. <laughs> but because it doesn't happen that way, we don't think about it that way. And yet the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. How many of you, now I've said this for years, Joy and I have been married 38. We, I think the word divorce has come up in our 38 years once or twice. And then we apologized because we just don't speak that. Why? Not speaking death over my marriage. You get that? But we have to renew our minds that our words have power death and life. So a, a, great, a great thing you can do is I can speak life to any area of my life. I'm not losing my mind. I'll stay sharp until I go home. That, that, sounds, diff that sounds strange, doesn't it? Like, I, I don't know, Alan. I, well, if you do lose your mind, I, I'm not going to go there. I, I'm going to believe that with long life, he satisfies me and shows me his salvation. See, what happens is, as the more you begin to put God's word in your heart, then it begins to govern the words that you begin to say. If you're struggling with an area, the last thing you want to continue to do is talk struggle. I'll never get free from this. I'll never be free. Addiction runs in my family. My whole family's, man, my whole family's bipolar. I'm going to be bipolar too. I'm never going to be free from that. If, if you begin to speak that, what are you speaking? Is that life? You're, you're already speaking death over your situation. Now see, if, if you've never heard this before, you're like, well, come on, Alan. I mean, you're, we're just calling it what it is. You know, I'm just a, I'm a realist. I just call it what it is. Okay, I get it. I, I want to go a little higher than that. <laughs> I want to, the Bible talks about Abraham called things that be not as though they were. That God called Abraham, he changed Abraham's name from Abram, Abram to Abraham. And Abraham jumped right on that. Began to call himself a father of many nations before he ever had a kid. Now, the, what, what's he doing? He's speaking life. James, look, look, look what James says about this. We put bits in horses' mouths. Mouths? Did I just say mouths? We put we puts bits in horses' mouths that they may <laughs> that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Look also at ships, although they're so large and driven by fierce winds, they're turned by a very small rudder, whatever the pilot desires. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. See how great a forest, a little fire kindles. What's it likening to? You put a those of you who are horse people, how do you, get, how do you turn a horse? Put a bit in his mouth, you turn the horse, right? Any, any horse people here? Okay. Uh, you boat people? You got a rudder? 
turn the rudder. The boat's going in the wrong direction. You don't go, oh my gosh, the boat's going in the wrong direction. We're going in the wrong direction. This is the wrong, we're going to wreck. We're going in the wrong direction. Someone says, hey, 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 brainchild, turn the rudder. <laughs> oh, the rudder. Yeah, what? That's, that's a small thing. That, that, it's the rudder. It will turn the boat. Turn the rudder. Right? So here we are in life going, I don't think a marriage is going to make it. I think we're all going to go under. We're all going to die. It's not going to work. It's not going to. You want to go, hey, darling. Turn the rudder. What rudder? This one. <laughs> well, it, it, Alan, that's not going to make any difference. It's just words. Well, but the Bible says, here's a higher way, death and life and the power of the tongue. And so we want to begin to start speaking. Now, if you're thinking, some of you are thinking to myself, whew, I hope I don't get a, a quick harvest because I've been speaking wrong things. Well, thank God you can stop. But it's key. And, and, it's, and it's key. Now, now, you say, what's that got to do with being guided by God? A lot. So here's, one, here's one thing you begin to say. I, you can say this. Lord, never, if the Lord guides me, I don't know it. He never guides me. I, I never know what to do. I'm always in the dark. Or you can say something else. Thank God the Holy Spirit lives in me. And he's helping me. And we'll know what to do. See the difference? See, one, you're speaking death over your ability to hear and be guided by God. Or you can speak life over it. This makes sense. A little, a little tough. Y'all gone quiet on me. Are you, are you thinking? I hope so. Because... Oftentimes, when I'm talking to people, they'll locate themselves with their words. And they'll say things like, you know, in, in this economy, I, we, I just can't find a job. I just can't find a job. I can't get a job. How about this? How about God can help me find a job? You know, in this situation, I don't know. I, we're going to go under. We're going to go under. We're going to go under. Listen, don't keep saying that. I, I realize that you're facing that. I understand that. But what I'm saying is your words aren't helping the situation. And if you begin to speak life over your words. Jordan, I got a bad report one time from, our, uh, from a doctor concerning one of our children. I'm going to tell you which one. We got a bad report. And we, um, man, we got that. And it, it, just, it didn't look good. And we got in the car. We were going on a date. And uh, had, a, had a babysitter. We were date night. Kids were small. And, and we're driving. And, and we talked the problem. And we, got, we, we talked what the problem was. We talked what the problem was. We talked what the problem was. And even though we were going to a, a restaurant that we loved, it just ruined the meal. Ever, ever done that? Just, you talk the problem so much, and you feel like, well, you know, I just I talk the problem. Very few people, after talking the problem for hours, just go, ah, that was refreshing. I, I, I need to do that again. Let's, let's get together and talk problems again. And so what happens is, is we it marked a place in our life when we realized we can't do that. That's not going to help our child. That's not going to open any kind of doors for God to move. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. So we begin to speak. We're not making up stuff. We're finding out what God says about things. And then we begin to speak those things concerning our family, 
concerning our marriage. We're not just walking out of the air going, I'm awesome, I'm a millionaire, I'm incredible, I'm speaking, what are you doing? I'm speaking life. No. We go, we, we find out what God says first, and then we simply repeat what he said. If he says, I'm blessed, then I'm going to say, I am the blessed and I cannot be cursed. If he says, I'm the head, not the tail, that I'm above and not beneath. If he says, I'm an overcomer. If he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, then I'm just saying the same thing he's saying about myself, about my family, about my situations, about this church. Aren't you glad I don't speak death over you guys? I tell you what, I don't know what we're going to do. We've got the worst church members in the world. That's not what I say. I say we're blessed and we're a church. We're making a difference. We've got people to reach. We're reaching, we're reaching our area with the gospel. We're doing these things. You expect that from me. I'm your pastor. But you can do it in your own life and in your own family. You find out what he says, and then you say something right in line with that. One of the, one of the, you know, one of the favorite things for Joy and I to say, we say it all the time around the house, the Lord is helping us. He is helping us. He is helping us. Not trying to think about how in the world are we going to deal with this and get out of this and deal with this situation. I, I'm just, the Lord is helping us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. I'm not leaning on my own understanding. I'm leaning on him. Does that make sense? Let's pray. Father, thank you for your goodness to us. Thank you, Father, for your truth that makes us free. Father, for people who are online, people who are listening in here tonight, people who have struggled, people who have determined that their situation was fixed, Father, I thank you that your light can break in here and that hope can come up here. And we realize, Father, I don't care what the enemy has said. Father, you've declared so many good things about us and you've given us so much help. And we are a people very blessed and very helped. And we're coming out. Thank you. Nothing's too big for you. And this is the victory that overcomes the world in our lives, our faith in you. Thank you for that. So I thank you that there's new hope. New hope for seemingly impossible situations. And we put life in our mouth. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. If you're here, maybe you're watching online, you say, you know what, I don't have a relationship with the Lord. I know it and he knows it, but I want that. Or maybe you're um, I was raised in church, made a decision, but got away from God. Maybe you recognize tonight, I am, I am away from God. But I, I don't want to live there. I want to come back. So we're going to say a prayer. We're going to say it in here. Church family is going to, going to pray it. If you're alone, if you're by yourself, pray it out loud. If you're with others, pray it quietly to yourself. But you can pray this prayer with us. Your situation is not hopeless. God can do something here. So we're going to pray. I'm, I'm, I'm going to ask those of you here, if either one of those situations apply to you, say, Alan, I know, I'm not sure where I am with God, but I want to be sure, or I want to come back. Would you pray for me? Quickly, just acknowledge that. Slip up your hand real quick and say, that's me that you're talking to. Thank you. Great. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Sure. Thank you. Appreciate that. You can put your hands down.
We're going to say this prayer. If you didn't lift your hand, you wanted to pray this prayer, you can pray it out loud. That's one reason we pray it out loud so we can hear ourselves pray it. Say, dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, thank you for those that prayed that prayer. For those who've stepped out of darkness into your marvelous light, give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to this message. For more about The Ark, visit thearkchurch.com.